0: Welcome to Connecting the Dollars, a personal finance podcast. I'm Emily Augusto, a CPA and financial advisor. And I'm Amanda Vaught, attorney and financial advisor. Both Emily and I are co-owners at Propel Financial Advisors. Propel Financial Advisors is an investment management and financial planning company. We are fee-only fiduciaries and independent registered investment advisors. I'm based in Chicago and Amanda is in New York City, but we work with clients nationwide. The purpose of our podcast is to explore personal finance topics, including budgeting,
1: investing, behavioral finance, current events, and other helpful information. We also hope you'll get to know us along the way. Thanks for
0: listening. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Emily. How are you?
1: I'm really good. Um, Excited it's August. It feels like I'm getting into the lazy days of summer, but we can't be so lazy that we don't record a podcast episode, right?
0: (laughs) Yep. How was your weekend?
1: Uh, It was really fun. I got to see an old friend and who was in town visiting, and then we threw a birthday party for my oldest daughter, and she just turned seven and she had a lot of fun so
0: how about how about you yeah um not too much going on over here um my husband and i watched all of the bear over the past couple weekends and it definitely lives up to the hype uh being in chicago i've read so many things about like so many criticisms about some of the sets signs and whatnot but i don't know i'm enjoying it but i've this is also i'm coming from as someone who has never worked in a restaurant
1: yeah no i just um i've been watching it too so i haven't seen the the last episode but um i I think it's sort of funny like the the nods to chicago like the giant malort billboard Mm -hmm. (laughs) like oh are you in chicago oh right Uh, how could i forget the malort billboard you know yeah um I do think, you know, a lot of the criticism and talk about it has been either about the Chicago setting or the food or, you know, the, the trauma that people have experienced in the show. I don't want to give too mm-hmm. many details or spoilers for people who haven't seen it, but, you know, as financial advisors, you know, what do we notice the, yeah <laughs> the, the dire straits that the business is in, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Like all the the papers and the mislabeled files in the office. I'm like, oh my gosh, how are they? They're going to get audited. What's going to happen?
1: Yeah. Emily starts twitching when she says yeah. that, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's sort of a nice lead to what we wanted to talk about today is, you know, the finances of small business owners or freelancers. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah, different
0: financial issues, tax issues that come up. Definitely. And it's really hard to be a business owner. I mean, you can't, you're good at what you do. You're good at your business and you are not expected to know everything about like what the best formation for your business should be, the best legal formation that is, you know, how to keep track of your income and expenses. What even is an expense for you specifically? Mm -hmm. There's just, there's a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like the the chef on the bear, right? It's a very accomplished chef. Mm-hmm. And then you see him working on the books and you're just like, no, go be a chef. Stop.
0: Yeah.
1: Hire someone. This is not <laughs> oh, yeah. your forte, right? So exactly.
0: Yeah. So why don't we start talking maybe a little bit about uh business formations?
1: Yes uh sure i don't think we don't know on the bear what kind of business they are we don't um
0: oh now i really want to know um but anyway typically if you are a freelancer so if you're someone who gets a 1099 from um from whatever company you're working for or multiple companies you're working for you're technically a small business owner um And if you're not legally set up in any way, then you are called a sole proprietorship. So if you haven't like filed any kind of LLC with the state you live in or are doing business in, um, or any kind of corporate documents, then that's the category you fall into. And that's a good category for a lot of people or from very small businesses, it's very simple. It's not complicated and- um, And You don't
1: need anything more than that legally or yeah. Yeah. So that would cover what people who maybe they have a full-time job and are doing some work on the side. Yep. Um, that could cover people who had a full-time job and then quit to become a consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, might not need a s- business structure. Um, what yeah. else? Somebody selling stuff on eBay.
0: Right. Yeah. I was going to say someone sell a reseller or someone like making art and selling it on etsy things like that Mm -hmm. um yeah if it's more of like a side income thing um the the legal formations are llc's s-corps partnerships and c-corps and so the next level up kind of i like to think about it from sole proprietor is an llc and if you're the only owner of the llc that is a single business or sorry a single member llc so if there's only one owner you're technically a separate entity established as an LLC in your state, but it's treated pretty much the same as a sole proprietor in terms of accounting and taxes. Um, it's a very uncomplicated way of running your business, a very simple way. And, um, I always think it's a good choice for a lot of people, especially starting off. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And then what do you think of as the more, another, more advanced kind, either a C Corp or an S Corp? I think they're...
0: Yeah, S Corps and C Corps are very different and I don't need to get into all the details here, but um, I think S Corps can be the trickiest, especially for someone just starting out. I hear a lot of people just being told by a lawyer or another accountant or a CPA saying, oh, just open an S Corp. and I'm not sure why but you see it a lot and a lot of times do, it's just right?
1: I don't know what this is maybe it used to be good advice
0: maybe but it they're just usually a little more complicated than you need them to be um if there's just one owner there's really not a lot that it doesn't make a lot of sense to me as a CPA um when I see my clients books it's saying like It's overly complicated it's more expensive to manage you have to do your own it has to have its own separate business tax return in addition to your personal tax return and on top of that your personal tax return is connected to the business tax return through a k-1 which is a form that your income shows up on and we don't have to get into all those details either but it just i don't know i think it it makes things a lot more complicated than necessary
1: Mm -hmm. yeah especially for a small business owner right
0: exactly yeah let's see so
1: what about partnerships oh no did you want to go over c corps next
0: sure so c corp is obviously its own entity um that is usually a better choice for someone with employees um or with a business that you really want to be completely separate from your personal it's it's a nice way to organize things because with an s corp or a partnership or an uh, llc or even as a sole proprietorship all your taxes for your business and personal are intertwined so if you really want that separation then a c corp could be a nice option
1: Mm -hmm. okay and and what about partnerships how does that fit in
0: yeah so partnerships are kind of the most complicated. So that is in my opinion. (laughs) Um, So if you have an LLC with more than one owner, so if you're not a single member LLC, you're automatically considered a partnership. Um, And there's so much more to keep track of with a partnership. So those can often go off the rails if you're not really careful from the start about recording every single um, every single transaction. So if you're considering starting up an LLC, definitely talk to someone, talk to an expert, a financial advisor, a CPA, mm-hmm. multiple even, because one might suggest one reason or one way to go and one might suggest another. And so it's important to know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion. Usually you hear that in the health field, mm-hmm. but in the financial field, you can easily get a second opinion as well. I agree. Yeah. So, okay. So that covers sort of the basics of different types of businesses. And what do you think if you set up your business and then you decide later, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be a C corp anymore. You know, how hard is it to switch to something else?
0: Yeah. Well, it's going to be different for every business, depending on how many accounts you have, like, like, like banking accounts, checking accounts, credit cards, things like that. How many transactions you have, what your EIN is tied to. Um, Your EIN is your employee identification number. So it's like, or sorry, employer identification number. It's like a social security number for your business. Um, So more often than not, if you're thinking about changing, you should probably start the process like halfway through the year. So if you're like, okay, I'm uh, set up as a C Corp, but I actually wanna be an LLC start talking to people in like June or July to get your C Corp closed out by the end of the year and then start fresh um, with your new business on the first of the calendar year. That's usually the best and easiest way to, way to go about that change.
1: Yeah, so I just, it's not impossible to change. Right, you have made a mistake or your business really significantly changes and um, a different uh, structure might fit better.
0: Yeah, but just don't try to rush it all through because it can be very complicated.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Because some of these, you know, we want to get into saying, oh, if you have a small business or you're a a solo person, you want to have a really good financial foundation that will really like give your business room to grow.
0: Right, Um, now set yourself up for success in, in all ways.
1: Yeah, and some of these are things that are fixable if you do mess something up and some of them are a lot more difficult to fix so i think the business structure ideally you get it right from the beginning but Mm -hmm. if you don't it's a thing that you can fix
0: yeah definitely
1: yeah Okay. okay and then As far as paying yourself, um, depending on how you're structured, that's at the end of the day what we're trying to do, right? Make (laughs) make money, pay bills, you know. So how do you pay yourself out of your small business?
0: Okay, good question. So if you are a sole proprietor or a sole member LLC, you and your business are pretty much the same. So you can just take money out as needed and put money in, like, so if your business account doesn't have enough to cover a rent payment or some kind of bill, you can always transfer money directly from your personal to the business, and then likewise from the business back to your personal. Just keep a good record of that. Um, one thing I was gonna mention is that for any business, how no matter how small, I think it's really good advice to get a separate checking account and maybe a credit card specifically for the business that you only use for business expenses. And, um, to put your business income into, I know at first you can't always do that, but that is like the number one thing I would tell someone to keep it all separate.
1: Yeah. I think that's just such a good point that we should spend a second on it because talking about setting your business up for success, that is something that's not that hard to do that really can lay a good foundation that makes doing your books easier, you know, doing, um, if you grow and you need to get a small business owner later, it helps you get a credit established as mm-hmm. a business owner. There's just so many positive things that come out of just that little thing: getting a credit card, getting a separate bank account for your business.
0: Yes, for sure. If you're
1: just, you know, doing a um, side hustle, you can, yeah,
0: yeah. And you have everything all in one place. So at the end of the year, when it's time to do taxes, you don't have to weed through all of your accounts and figure out which ones were business and which ones were personal. It's just all in one place. And especially in the event of an audit, you want to have everything as like clear and clean as possible. Yes. Not to go back to the bear, but there is an audit moment that <laughs> I was like, that's not what would actually happen. But anyway, no mm-hmm. spoilers. It's about payroll
1: yeah you got to keep those books organized right for sure especially if you have employees
0: yes so that's a good segue into how you pay yourself if it's a partnership or anything with multiple owners or an S corp um so let's talk about a partnership really quick that is there's lots of different ways to pay yourself as a partner and I don't want to get into too much but if you are In a partnership that you're actually performing work for the partnership, there's something called guaranteed payments, which is you getting money for the work you provided to the partnership. Um, I don't want to get too into this because there's so many partnerships set up just as like pass throughs so that's not we're not talking about like investment partnerships or anything like that. Um, But i'll just leave it at that for now. For S Corps, again, if you're working for the company, so if you're providing services as an employee of the company, even if you're the owner, you, there is a IRS rule that you need to be paid a reasonable salary for that amount on a W-2. And this is super important. And I see people, I see this not being done a lot and it drives me a little bit crazy, but So from the IRS's side, like in their eyes, if you are receiving, let's say a $20,000 salary, but you're the only person working at the, at the company, they're going to say, well, is that really a reasonable salary for the work that you're doing? So you need to be really careful to, to make sure you're running payroll in a way that, you know, is appropriate. And of course, if you have employees of the S Corp, those people also need to be paid through a W-2 um let's see and when we go into c corps if you're an owner of a c corp you can always be paid by a 2 and if you have employees you're paid by w2 so that's kind of the most uh i don't know i like that one it's very clean and simple there <laughs> everything goes through w2 you don't have to worry about any kind of direct owner payments there hmm
1: yeah and then that gets into a little bit about the difference between an employer and their role and an employee and their role, because it's two separate legal entities. And I'm thinking of like a small business or a freelancer. Sometimes you have your employer shoes on, and sometimes it's the employee shoes. And um, when you're thinking about taxes or business formation, you know, you got to um, figure out which one we're dealing with.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we're kind of trying to focus more on someone who is maybe both employer and employee, Right. In all right. these examples.
1: Yeah, um, so do you wanna talk a little bit about um, self-employment tax for somebody who is the employer and the employee?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I know we were talking about the bear, but another semi-recent show that's been on, uh, that's been popular is that LuLaRoe documentary. I think it's on oh, Amazon.
1: Booba yeah. we Rich.
0: Booba we Rich, yeah. So I don't know if anyone, if you've all seen this, anyone listening, but basically it's a company, it's like an MLM type of scheme where these people, um, are roped into purchasing all this product and in this case it's leggings and then they need to sell them at a profit and they get to keep all the money so it was like selling this like oh this is your own business you're going to be a boss babe whatever mentality and um so all these people who became lula rich or sorry lula sellers mm-hmm. would get their income on a 1099 from the company so they were yes, their own technical small business owners, but they need to report this money as self-employed income. So they're not receiving a W-2. And if anyone's ever spent a lot of time looking at your W-2, you can see the different boxes, like box one is your earnings, box two shows your federal um, income tax withholding. And then there's several more boxes that show FICA or social security, Medicare wages, things like that. So we usually don't spend a lot of time analyzing what all those are, just like, oh, there goes my money, whatever. Mm -hmm, (laughs) When you are paid on a 1099, there's only one number. It's just your straight income number. So you are responsible for not only your own personal tax withholding, but you're also responsible for the FICA taxes on the employee side and the employer side. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And then just um, for non-tax people, FICA would be
0: Social Security, Security and Medicaid. Medicare,
1: right? Because you're yeah. in the employer's shoes. And so a lot of people don't realize the employer covers some of those taxes when they hire you and pay you through a W-2. Exactly. And when you're paid through a 1099, you become the employer mm-hmm. and you become responsible for the employer
0: side, right? Yeah. Right. So again, like no one loves paying taxes. This comes up all the time, but you're doing yourself a favor because you're paying, you're still paying into social security and Medicare. So if any tax could be deemed as good, I think the self-employment tax is something you should be like, okay, I know I got to pay that. Like, that's just how it goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, you meet people who switch to freelancing or consulting after leaving a full-time job and they say, Mm -hmm. oh, I make so much more money. And you're like, yeah, I, in a way. <laughs> but you you're have gross. Such, yeah, such a different tax situation that it's really not a one-for-one comparison. When you, when you cash that paycheck, you know, yeah, you guys to get a lot of taxes to pay out of it.
0: Definitely. Um, okay.
1: So, do you want to go? I know I want to talk about retirement accounts, but let's touch on um business expenses um, yeah and keeping track of your books really quick before we. okay
0: yeah so going back really quick to like the LuLaRoe person who is getting paid on a 1099 and someone else who is a w-2 employee um when you have that w that sorry when you have that 1099 income that like just one box amount you can take certain deductions um that are appropriate for your business to to get to your net income which is what's ultimately taxable so let's say someone on a 1099 gets you know fifty thousand dollars or a combination of 1099s it's fifty thousand dollars that all flows through to a tax form called the schedule c and on that schedule c there's some sections where you can put in your expenses like if you were one of these lularoe people then you would put in like how much you paid for the leggings as like a cost of goods sold Um, Amanda was saying earlier like if how people pay for I'm sorry how people sell those leggings they might do like Instagram parties or things like that or try to sell them via social media so any kind of like video equipment or a portion of your phone or special lighting some of that could technically be deductible on your tax return Potentially. Yeah, or
1: I know people still do those, maybe not with the leggings, but any of those MLM type of mm-hmm. operations, they have, you know, Tupperware parties. And, yeah. you know, if you buy food and drinks to hand out at the party, you know, wouldn't you consider that part of a business expense?
0: Yeah, that could be if it, you know, if it's appropriate to your business. So things I look for when I'm doing people's taxes, if I'm doing your small business return and you're someone who's a real estate agent and you have a bunch of like, equipment that you've purchased, I would definitely question that because real estate is a service-based industry and it would be really strange if you had a lot of just like office equipment or things of that nature. And then
1: some things, right, can be sort of a mix. So say you buy a car and you need your car to go to different homes to show people um, at different showings, but you also use the car for personal use you can deduct maybe a portion of that expense for your business right
0: that's a really good one to bring up um on mileage if you use your car for business and personal um the irs has really been cracking down on mileage deductions for self-employed individuals and so it's really important to keep a log like i just use an app, I think IQ is a popular one. I should, I think there's a couple. I don't actually know. I haven't used them, but mm-hmm. you need to have some sort of log to show that you're actually driving to these places and they're actually for business.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: Yeah. Tip. Um. But yeah, in general, you know, like we said, have that separate checking account, separate credit card. If you have a lot of transactions, something like QuickBooks would be really good for you to just keep everything organized. Um.
1: Also what we get an EIN number, right? Which takes like five minutes on the IRS website.
0: Yep. And you can get one even if you're just a sole proprietor so that you don't have to provide your social security number to um, employers. If you're working for lots of different employers, you know, you might not want that floating around. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, and the last thing about expenses and things like that um, and accounting. So a lot of people say deductions, expenses, and write-offs as the same thing. And that's fine. Um, But if you wanna talk about like specific tax deductions for self-employed individuals, um, that would really pretty much just be like the self-employed health insurance deduction. um, What else, there's a thing called the QBI deduction that I won't get into too much. And then that kind of brings us into retirement planning deductions.
1: Yes, fun stuff, right? Um, nothing gets people excited like the phrase retirement planning. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it, I tell you, but it—I mean, it's important, right? Because that's what you're going to need when you're older, and mm-hmm. if you don't take care of it you're just gonna really mess yourself up. So if you are used to working as a full-time employee, you can set up a 401k through your work and it's an automatic deduction out of your paycheck and it just comes out and it's just sort of taken care of. Um, If you are not working full-time, you really need to set this up for yourself. Um, And so for a lot of people, I think it's just, you you hear the word retirement planning and you're just like, oh my God, I don't even know and then you don't deal with it and Mm -hmm. you know that is not great either so you know you have several different options so i don't want to get into the weeds too much on what they are because it really depends on each person and each business what is the most appropriate type of retirement account you can use Mm -hmm. um but they go from Fairly straightforward. Open a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. Um, that could be appropriate if you have like a side hustle or a small amount of income on the side, and mm-hmm. you could put extra money in a retirement account that you just open as an individual. Um, but as far as accounts that you can open through a through a business, that would be a SEP IRA, where a SEP is stands for a self employed person. A simple ira which is more for a small business owner um or what's called a solo 401k that's for people without employees so sort of depending on where you fall one of those might be appropriate there's a few other options out there you can use as well um but these can be really great from a retirement planning perspective, but also from a tax planning perspective, because if you take the money out of your business and put it in your retirement plan, um, this is earlier I touched on, you, you have the role of employee and the role of employer. And so when you have these retirement plans, you can be essentially matching your contributions as an employee, as the employer. So it's almost like, Paying yourself double, um, depending on the type of plan,
0: there's yeah, like available. a little bonus.
1: Yeah, a little bonus. Um, and this you can take off your taxes because um, it reduces your gross, your gross income. Right, which for people will lower their tax bill in general.
0: Yeah, and some people can use a combination of retirement plans as self-employed individuals. Um, they all just have like a little bit. Of a better advantage. Well, the three you mentioned specifically, the Solo 401k, Simple IRA, and SEP, just all have their own benefits for the business side of things and for the employee side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So definitely. And a lot of people don't know about them. So
1: I know. And that's sort of surprising. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but, you know, we set up these retirement savings plan for our small business clients. And I think a lot of people like it. And also their employees really like it. If you're yeah. a small business, you know, they like feeling like they're, you know, part of this retirement plan and they have somebody, their employers looking out for them. Yeah. Um, and so in like a tight labor market that can help with your recruiting efforts um, to say we offer this benefit or, you know, I know the state of Illinois recently passed a requirement that you have to offer a retirement plan as a small business owner. Uh, I can't remember. I think you have to have 25 employees. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're really right. small, yeah. you don't have to have one. But, um, you know, there could be different state requirements where you live so that you need to be aware of as far as these plans too. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that wasn't too much boringness about the plans.
0: <laughs> I know there's so much to consider. We could probably do an entire episode on like an S corp, on an LLC, on a C corp. So yeah. definitely reach out with questions if you have any or if you've watched any good documentaries or shows featuring a small business.
1: Yes. I know I was going to say on the Lululemon legging show. I mean, all of, or any MLM, the vast majority of people who join those operations lose money. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if you're doing a true profit and loss statement and you pay in $5,000 to buy whatever the stuff is Mm -hmm. um, and you only sell $3,000 of it, you're making negative income, right? And you're just putting yourself into debt. And so people who keep track of their books and track their expenses right mm-hmm. following emily's tips of getting your own separate account for these things they'll see that and realize okay this is not working yeah faster than somebody who's just like only looking at their 1099 checks they're getting in from the row or whatever operation it is you know
0: right right yeah and some people you know there are a few people that do make money on these things which i think why they're keeping perpetuated but yeah, the statistics are not in most people's favors. No. Favor.
1: Yeah. And what if you're what if you're the bear? You know, yeah. what if you're a small business owner and you're really trying to get out from under some kind of financial problem? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you tell him to do, Emily?
0: Well, I would tell him to hire a CPA uh get quickbooks have someone go through all those files and get them organized
1: what if he says i can't afford that
0: that's that's a tough one sometimes you just need to invest in an expert to help you because in the long run, it's just going to cost you more. Like if the IRS comes and performs an audit on you and you're not ready for it, then you're going to have to hire a CPA anyway to help you get through it. So, yeah, I mean, I know it's hard, but you got to kind of find a way or at least start doing the research, start getting some, start somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't just like put your head in the sand and think the problem is going to go away, you know, which I don't think that that character was doing that, but it sounds like his, the prior owner before he inherited the business um right was it's looking the other way on a lot of things
0: financially
1: mm-hmm. which just leaves other people to deal with your problems
0: <laughs> it's true
1: right so mm-hmm. be kind to yourself right if you're in that situation and and just do what you can yeah so
0: no one's gonna happens, yell at you
1: yeah yeah no right because i just want you know We're as much as we say you should do this, a lot of people are not going to listen to us.
0: Right. Well, I hope someone does or at least yeah. considers you know like mm. maybe thinks a little more talks to a few more people before they just yeah. nilly. oh I wanted to say one more thing I know we're kind of wrapping up here but yeah. if you own a rental you're technically a small business owner that should all be separate going through a different account that would be you
1: own a rental
0: property. ideal a rental property yes Oh. oh or okay. if you know like you rent out part of your home at some point um I feel like that's been more of a thing now with Airbnb and it's just never been easier to have a rental property.
1: Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. It sounds like you've been seeing a lot of that come up.
0: Definitely. So um, keep everything clear, clean, as much as you can while you're going through the process instead of trying to do it all at the end of the year and then like making your CPA cranky. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's what I was going to circle back to. If you listen to anything we say keep your cpa happy please yes (laughs) and you'll be okay they'll take care of you
0: yes we want to help yes all right well i think that was a lot of information i know Um, we covered
1: a lot today i think we went a little over on our time but hopefully it will help someone
0: yeah or spark some conversation (laughs) all right well thanks amanda and i will talk to you next time
1: Okay, Emily, and I hope you go out for a nice Italian beef sandwich and a shot of Malort soon.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That's what we do here down in Chicago.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah,
0: <we> do. <laughs> uh, okay. Bye. Bye. For all links and resources mentioned today, head over to connectingthedollars.com. Thank you for listening. This podcast is for informational and entertainment
1: purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.